Welcome to the Potter Discussion. Welcome back to the Potter Discussion discussing Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts, and the Wizarding World fandom. I'm your host, Oscar, and this is episode 174. Thank you all for joining me today on this lovely day. It is a bit cloudy, contrary to last week, but I am still looking forward to a wonderful episode. Now, I want to clear it up. I have had a bit of congestion this week, so I might sound a little bit different, but that is okay. I'm all right. I'm still recording. Nothing's wrong. That's why I might sound a little bit different. But uh, So, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about Fantastic Beasts. And I didn't want to call it a plot holes episode because a lot of these things on this list aren't plot holes. But I want to talk about really some of the more confusing aspects of the story. And maybe it's just me. Maybe like there are some aspects that I was not 100% sure about. And the ones that I kind of were got a little, I feel like got a little convoluted as we got later in the story. So today we're going to be talking about some of those and really the, uh, you know, whole story behind them. So I hope you'll uh, stick around because there's some good things coming your way. If you enjoy the show, I mean, there maybe there's a chance that someone else you know too will. So uh, why not tell them about the show? It'd be great to help me out. It'd be great to us uh, to spread the message of the Potter discussion. So go ahead and do that. And if you enjoy the show this week, not only can you tell someone else, but you can also leave a review uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser. So thank you everyone who has been doing that. But we've got the intro out of the way, so let's get into today's episode. The very first item on this list is one that I have been thinking about for a very long time, and it's really the one that inspired this episode. And it might sound strange, but it is the character of Yusuf Kama. So Yusuf Kama was kind of introduced later on in the story. I don't think he played a, that, that big of a role in the first Fantastic Beast, but later on, he he really was. I think it was it was kind of strange because he he kidnapped Tina, and then he was like helping Newton J. Like that. This is kind of where I want to get going because I think part of this is probably my fault because maybe it was the first time that I, I that I saw the Crimes of Grindelwald, and then the first time I saw Fantastic or the first time I saw the Secrets of Dumbledore. I mean. He seemed very strange, and like he was saying these weird things, and he was switching sides, and he cared about his sister, but then apparently like it wasn't his sister, and then well like I have no idea what was going on with that, and then and then moving into the secrets of Dumbledore when he went to uh, to Nurmengard to get the <laughs> the memory of his sister erased in his head was that Dumbledore's plan? Was that his plan? Is that what's like? And then he joined Grindelwald, and then he like. He wasn't like, I don't know. I think that might have been the point. I think they were maybe trying to countersight us a little bit, but it worked really well. And again, this is probably my fault. And you listening are thinking, well, this guy's stupid. Of course, this is the obvious thing in the world. But me personally, I really didn't understand it the first time I saw it. And I think what what made it the most confusing was kind of like, how he was trying to convince us of a story that wasn't true. Like, when Credence was trying to find out who he was, uh, Yusuf went on, like, he told us the whole story of, like, 
how his father, you know, uh, or rather his like his mother was like a very desirable woman, and this this man came in and like took her, and then they like had a child, and then that was Credence, but then it wasn't. Then she died, and then he got a new wife, and then maybe that was Credence, and then they were both sent to America, and then you know Credence drowned, but then it wasn't Credence, and it was, and then like like this is like the kind of storyline that I just cannot follow. So. There is like the truth that he is a Dumbledore and that he is he is Aberforth's son, and then there's the whole winding tale that uh, that Yusuf was trying to tell us, and that's the kind of thing that just absolutely throws it off the track. So honestly, I should have put Credence's family on this list as well as a really confusing part of the story, but alas, Yusuf Kama is just a very confusing guy, and what I think. What, in my opinion, in addition to all these different things that were going on in terms of what he was telling us, like all the stories he was saying, the other thing that I found so confusing was the amount of, like, which side is he on? I should say, that is the question that I have been trying to figure out. And I think we can we can pretty much assume he's on Dumbledore's side. As as it stands right now, he he got, you know, he walk, was walking down in Bhutan, and then he, boom, cast a spell, knocked all the Grindelwald people down, and they were going back up, so... As we can assume, he is on Dumbledore's side at this point in the story. But I don't know. I don't know. I think may, I think he, he is on Dumbledore's side, but it changed way too often to be, like, completely sure. He, like, captured Tina, and then he, uh, would, like, collapsed, and then he, like, and then Pick let them out, and then he was in, uh, in Ollivant, or not Ollivant, or in uh, Nicholas Flamel's shop. They're very similar people. And then he woke up, and then he was, like, on their side. It was, like, the weirdest thing. And then he showed up at the, uh, 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 Pierre de Chez, and suddenly he was trying to help Lita, but then he was actually on there. Like, that was one another one of the things about just use of common general that I just could not wrap my head around. So that is another part of this story that I was just, like, what? A lot of raised eyebrows about that one. And I think... It's difficult because we don't have, like, the book to explain to us really what's going on. Like, with Harry Potter, obviously, there are books and there are films. And I can, if I don't understand a part of the story, I can just go to the book and it'll explain it for me. But, unfortunately, we don't have that for the the Fantastic Beasts series. It's just the screenplay and the film. And the screenplay is the film. So, there's no outside information that we have besides what we actually see on the screen. So, we can't really know whether Yusuf Kama is on the good side or the bad side, or he's on his own side, whether he's fighting for a completely different goal, whether he's mourning for Lita, whether if he's on Lita's side, if he's trying to support Grindelwald, if I don't know. I really don't know. So it it is a it is a a confusing mess, to say the least. All these different things that are going on. So I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what his motivations are. I don't know what's going on with him, but that is just the first thing that I was thinking, what the heck is going on with Yusuf Kama? On a somewhat similar note, there is another character that after the first film, I was a little put off by, and that is Tina Goldstein in the flesh. And what I really want to get at here is Tina was a fantastic character in the first film. She had multiple layers, and we can really understand who she was, and then the second film, I don't know, 
I don't know. And I think we can we we can understand that it was because she thought that Newt was getting married to Lita, and that's why Tina was kind of kind of like mm, you know blah, 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 blah. you know what I mean. So, but what was confusing for me is she like completely withdrew i'm calling it her like descent into nothing like she she became such a flat character and then like the only scene that i can think of where they were actually you know having a real you know moment where tina and newt were actually back to where they were is in the french ministry when they were trying to find uh that 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 information then lita calls up the uh the the uh, like file and all the all the all the cases move. So that was really the only time that I could really really see Tina for who she was. But I mean, I just can't can't really see her character kind of shining through her like emotional rut almost. She was like her like hair was longer and she had like uh, like a like a trench coat on. It was like it was a it it was a it was a look. It was a look indeed. So I really could not understand what was going on and. And of course, we can understand why, like I said, but it seemed like a very odd direction to go in that why, why were the filmmakers thinking that the best way to show her emotional damage is to give her a like tag, a heavy coat and like give her a different hairstyle and like make it like kind of like glum and looking for like, you know, Koreans like it is it was a it was a strange choice and that might have been the the point that it was like a completely different Tina that it was a different person that we weren't really supposed to understand who she was at that point but I don't know I feel like if that was the like the play I don't think that that was the right move because there could have been so much more explored with the character and this is I mean even further uh, exacerbated in the third film because I think this this is honestly even more surprising because I think at this point Tina realizes that Newt is not marrying Lita, so she and like uh, like they're they're kind of a couple again, but we didn't see her at all. I was expecting like Tina to be right like right on side of them at Hogwarts and right you know right uh, you know to on 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 Newt's side as they were walking up you know in in Bhutan and she helped him through the streets and she was carrying a case too like. That is what I was expecting, and like I like I think I made an episode about this like a while ago. But um, you know, like when when Bunty had the case and was walking up the steps and handed it to Newt, if that was Tina, I would be so happy. If that's how Tina made her appearance, I would be so so happy because that would be such a perfect way to just put her so perfectly into the story. And I might even forgive the fact that she wasn't in the film really before that. But it was Bunty, and I was disappointed, and I'm glad Bunty made, had, had such a big role, but I feel like Tina should have been there as well. So Tina's character is just another one of those things that I really had no idea what was going on. I just didn't. And like, like I was saying, the fact that she wasn't in her like depression mode in, in The Secret of Dumbledore and that we still didn't see her is honestly worse than when we did like know that she was kind of like kind of you know not not feeling great and we kind of had a good amount of screen time because I really really don't see Tina as that kind of like sad depressed person who really is like just doesn't really you know care about anything and then you know she's news getting married so what's like what's the what's what's the point like that like that kind of spiral I get it I get it she's going through a rough time but 
I don't think the the way that they that she was portrayed was was the way to go. We really saw a a strange side of her, and her her character just crumbled. I mean, she was just a very solitary person. She was working alone. She had all these different like it was just it was a mess. It was a mess. Her character arc could have been so much better. It could have, you know, encompassed more of the relationship that she has with with Newt. It could have been so much better. I was hoping that I would go into the theater for the Secrets of Dumbledore and I would be seeing this fantastic duo working with Dumbledore and Jacob and Bunty and, and Lolly and all these different things. That that's like I was I was psyched. I was hyped up for that film. But and I'm I still immensely enjoyed it, but it was a bittersweet note because Tina wasn't there. So what what's going on with Tina? I guess is the bottom line here. What is going on with Tina? We just don't know. And unfortunately, I don't think we ever will. So I think that is pretty much what I've been thinking for Tina. And again, this this might be just me. I might just be screaming into the void right now and everyone listening is just thinking, what are you talking about? But I stand by my word. Sometimes these characters don't exactly make the most sense. This next point is a plot hole and a half. This is one that I've been thinking of every single day for the rest of my life. It's going to haunt me to my grave. And this, this is a question that I had immediately when I saw the first Fantastic Beast film. This stood out to me like crazy. So, you remember when finally everything was over, but unfortunately... They're exposed. The wizards are exposed. They need to find a way to contain it. So, so uh, Newt, classic Newt, has the solution. He says, I got it. I got it. He has the, the swooping evil venom. He throws it to Frank. Frank takes it, and he's off. He's flying up. You know, and then he, he strikes the storm. It starts to rain. And what he does is he takes the swooping evil venom, throws it into the clouds, and he, we can we can see like like boom, it explodes, it expands, and it creates this rain that wipes the memory of the muggles. And we're thinking, amazing, perfect, mystery solved. But here's the thing that I have been questioning forever. So we saw that. There are a couple ways that you could be obliviated. If you got hit with the rain, you know, if you were standing outside and, and you got hit with it, you were, boom, immediately obliviated. If you had, you know, had a, had a sip of water, boom, you were obliviated, even though the rain didn't even touch it. And if you're in the shower, like we saw, Mr. Bingley had a little uh, obliviation because he he was uh, scrubbing himself a little bit in uh, in the shower. So we saw that, and that all uh, obliviates the Mungles. If you if you're in contact with the NYC water, you are out. But my question is, it must have missed someone. It must have like just think about this. So. The we we see we 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 saw the Aurors kind of walking around and why why did they not get obliviated? Why did they not get obliviated? We saw an umbrella worked. An umbrella certainly worked for Queenie. So what about the Muggles who put up their umbrella? What about that? What if there are you know a couple hundred people in each in each borough and there's like a thousand in the city that are just like like no what happened? Like it seems so easy. For someone to not have touched that water in the time that it took to obliviate everyone. Like, of course, the, the water isn't just constantly obliviating everyone. I mean, I don't, or, or maybe it is. I don't know. But 
it probably only lasts for me an hour or two. And I, there have been plenty of stretches throughout my life where I haven't had a sip of water or I, I haven't come in contact with water for a couple of hours. That is that is a given. So it seems like, in I don't know, I feel like there are a couple of business people walking around. There are a couple of uh, New Yorkers who have uh, have some pretty pretty interesting memories that uh, are are going to stick with them forever. And I mean, just 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 think like to think how easy it would be for someone to just not get it like for someone to see all the magic happening to see all this crazy stuff then just leave like can you just leave is that not how that works like i don't know this is like it seems like a simple problem that they just ignored and the plot just rolled over but i guess the only solution i can think of is they they knew that there wouldn't be a 100% success rate, and they knew that there would be some uh, overlap. There would be some people who weren't obliviated, but I think they were they were okay with with leaving those few people because they they weren't enough to really turn the tide and convince people because like there are there are people screaming about this that and this and you know this conspiracy and that where we're like leader or whatever like there are tons of people like that so. Who would pay attention to a couple more New Yorkers talking about, you know, how they saw this huge flying griffin and this huge black cloud that destroyed half the city when the city is intact and and no one else believes them? Like, that is a, I think that's that's the only solution that I can think of that it did miss people, but they just don't believe the people who actually remember. So that is what I would guess happened, but still, there seems like a huge gap here. Like, and I, I'm still going back to, how did the Aurors not get obliviated? Like, there are a ton of people. There are a ton of, like, Aurors on the top of buildings. They were prime position for the rain. Maybe it's it only affects muggles? Maybe that's it? I don't know. There are, like, too many things that I feel like they, they could explain it very easily. They could, they could say, this affects muggles, and it will affect everyone. Boom. Like, that's it. All you needed was a line. That said, like, for Newt to say, like, oh, you know, this, the souping evil venom doesn't really affect the wizard physiology. It only affects muggles because they're slightly different. Like, like, you know, when he, when, when uh, they were in, in Newt's case the first time, he was talking about how their physiologies were slightly different. And he could, he could have brought up and he had the souping evil in his hand. He was, he was, he was squeezing the venom out in his hand as he was talking. As he was talking, he was getting that venom, and he couldn't have just said, our physiologies are slightly different, this, for example, this venom won't affect you, like, that is, like, the easiest thing, oh my gosh, so simple to fix this little problem, but they just ignored it, oh, ridiculous, oh man, but anyway, that's, this, that's, this, this, this is probably the one that I'm most adamant about, it's a simple fix, it is a simple solution, but they just ignored it, there was a huge plot hole that I feel like hasn't, hasn't been fixed, so, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, as always with this episode, I have no idea what's happening, so, I think with that, uh, let's move on. Okay, so there's one more thing I want to talk about, kind of, uh, it's one big point, and it's one big plot point that I have been a little confused by for a very long time, and that is to do with Newt's case and the way newt cares for his creatures and the way he keeps them all in the same place so as we all know newt's case is a pretty uh big uh, point in the plot and you know keep keep the case safe keep the case safe you do this you do that i'll get the case let's have five cases they're all the same like that kind of thing 
it is very, very big to the story. And that is also where Newt keeps a lot of his creatures. A lot of his creatures, actually. Um, and he carries this thing around. He he smacks people with... Well, I should say, Jacob smacks people with it. And all these different things. And he's moving around a ton. He's running. He's doing this. He's apparating. So, okay. This is a rather stupid question, but... How do the creatures not get all shaken up in there? How... How, like, their habitats are this, like, remain the same. Like, no matter which, where, like, how you're holding the case, it's the same thing. Like, it feels like that's how it's, like, that's not how it should be. It feels like there's, like, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know about that. And, like, it just, it just seems, like, very weird that they have a, like, a whole place down there that just remains the same like it doesn't exist like if you think about it you open the case you go down like that must be like a portal like there's no way that you can like have that whole thing just in that case like that seems ridiculous that kind of feeds into my next point of how can an extension charm be that powerful. That seems absolutely ridiculous. If you think about the magnitude of of his case, of it is, I mean, it is miles and miles, like the forest. If you think about, you know, remember like all those those like like tentacle huge, you know, like 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 well, creatures that right Newt was screaming and they ran out of the forest. Like it is ginormous that that space in there it's like it's miles and miles so and like in that 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 like cave where he walked in and like it like expanded like that's an extension charm inside of an extension charm how is that allowed if you, if you think about hermione's bag she can like get her, her, her whole elbow up there and it's like that seems like that even that seems like a lot but Newt somehow has created like a whole environment in his in his like location, and that seems like ridiculous. That seems like it is, that should like that should not be how that is. I really don't think that should be how that is. And then especially in in his house, like in in his house, if you just open like the door to the basement, it's like another jungle gem of just like so many different creatures and also the kelpie was another thing i was so confused by because like w like the kelpie has like a tank and then when newt, newt was on it and then he like got on the kelpie and then he was like riding it and they were going through the water and then like he went above the surface and he was like in a different like he was in a different place like i really have no idea what is going on with with those like weird like habitat slash not habitat like like where the obscurus was being kept like that is like that was a mountainy snow environment but it wasn't really mountains you know maybe that's kind of how he does it is it's not really you know where he is it's it's just a bunch of different simulations i mean and, and of of course there are there are things like that like the uh, i think it was maybe the erumpent that huge rhinoceros creature uh like the habitat that it, that it had it wasn't actually that big because i think it was like it's it's meant to be in like uh like a savanna like plains like a huge flat experience and of course you couldn't just build the continent of africa in his case that is a little is going a little far 
But then, of course, that begs the question, how far is too far? Is there a limit to an extension charm? I don't know. And I guess it probably depends on the power of the wizard, but then again, like, if you have an infinitely powerful wizard, could you have an infinitely expansive extension charm? I don't know. I guess well, in, in, an infinite, uh, like, that's way too much. So I guess you could. But then again, Newt, of course, is not infinitely powerful. No one is infinitely powerful. He is a very skilled wizard indeed, but I did not expect him to just cast, a, like, an extension charm, and then it just, like, he just create like, he just created this, like, huge environment, like, that seems crazy, it seems like that should not be how that works, and then going back to, like, the extension charm in an extension charm, that seems like that is against the rules, like, that's not how that works, and then, couldn't you just put another case inside that, that room, couldn't you just make another extension charm, like, in that, this is way too confusing. This is not how that is supposed to work. I don't know what is going on. If you really start thinking about it, those extension charms, those uh, <laughs> all those characters, the Yusuf, Kama, we've got Tina, the rain. How could the rain have not gotten it with this extension charm? Is it possible for an extension charm to be that big? Could he have extended the extension? Could he put another charm inside the our, the existing enchantment? Could he do this? Could he do that? Is Why is the sky blue? Why is the grass green? So many questions. So many questions that are pouring out of me right now. This is like... This is really what is confusing me. I just, like, am, am giving you the whole rundown. But that seems like as good a point as any to end this episode. I am going to cut it all, just a little bit short. Uh, so I want to thank you all for for listening to this episode. I had a blast recording, and I had to get my my uh, <laughs> worries about that, that magical rain out there. I mean, I'm just not going to bring that series to the grave. So that's out there now. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. And like I said before, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving a review. It helps me out. It helps out the listeners find the show. And tell a friend about the episode. Tell, tell, uh, tell a friend about the Potter discussion. I'm sure they would appreciate it. And I'm sure that uh, that would uh, help out the, the community. So thank you all for listening to this episode. And as always, remember that happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. If one only remembers to turn on the light, I will see you later. This was the Potter Discussion.